first song, but he came out of the grave. He spoke, and I came out of the grave, out of the grave, to life. Our eyes are open. Once we accept Christ as our Savior, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Our eyes are open. We can see and understand things. Yeah, it is. It moved. People can't. Well, I named uh, the message this morning, God's Amazing Word. Talk so much about the whole of God's amazing word. We're going to talk about some stuff today. But God's amazing word. God's word is amazing. God's word is undeniable. <clears throat> when we just think, there's 66 books written by over 40 God inspired people over a period of 1,600 years. Many of these people didn't know each other. And quite often, they didn't quite understand exactly what God was having in their life. So they went the whole over. And now we have this Bible that all is significant. And scholars will say this inconsistency is not. Once God opens their eyes, God's amazing word. But not to mention all the prophecy that has been fulfilled, giving us great assurance that the yet unfulfilled prophecy is going to be fulfilled. That's the exciting thing. Before I get into the meat of today's message, I want to read some of what God had to write to us. T Bible, he has a heading, The Wisdom of God, in 1 Corinthians 1, 18-25. I'll read it right out, of, right out of the NLT. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we, we who are being saved, know that it is the very power of God. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the intelligence of the intelligent. And that's Jesus inspiring Paul to look back and word. He spent the Bible. He wasn't inspired himself to come. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of his intelligent. That's back in Isaiah 29.14. God inspired Isaiah to make this all so true. So Paul references Isaiah. On. So where does this leave the philosophers and the scholars and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world foolish, since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would get to know him through human wisdom. He has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. So our foolish preaching in the eyes of the world is our foolish preaching. It's God. He has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. Amen. It's foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven. And it is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended and the Gentiles say it's 
all nonsense. Hmm. But to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weakness is stronger than the greatest human strength. And that's it. What are you thinking? <laughs> I mean, what more is there? What more is there? But don't be deaf, like the commercial says, but wait, there's more. So if we haven't really thought about God's word, much lately, the time is getting late. The time is now. Jesus told his disciples and us. Through Matthew's pen, in Matthew chapter 24, and through Mark's pen, in Mark chapter 13, and Luke's pen, in Luke chapter 21. He says it three times. Attention time. <laughs> anyway, so all three of these uh, Gospels that recorded this, it's really worth looking at. Um, instead of reading all of them, I am going a little uh, scripture heavy because it is. It is we'll go to uh, Matthew 24. I'm going to read the first. Jesus speaks about the future. When Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, his disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings. And he responded, Do you see all these buildings? And this was the, the temple. And it was grand in its grandeur with the gold and the silver and the magnificence. And Jesus said, Do you see all these buildings? Tell you the truth, they will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. You know that to be true. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately. They said, Tell us, what will all this happen? A sign, a signal, the return at the end of the world? Lead you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. It will deceive many. You will hear of wars and threats of wars. But don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first. Birth pains with more to come. Back then was the first of the birth pains. Now, as we say, the world's falling apart, we hear of more things more often. Those birth pains they use as an example. As they come more frequently. 
Judaism, multimedia, and such. You hear about things, but they didn't hear about them until Samoa and Vietnam and the Philippines. He goes on to tell his disciples in verse 9. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. Oh boy. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive and hate you. We've all seen a lot of that. Sin will be rampant everywhere. Love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it. And then the end will come. Well, that's it, you might say. That's already happened. We're already in the tribulation. Very good news is that Jesus is through his blood offered us a ticket out of that terrible time. Well, we'll read more on that later. We're going to get back to Matthew. Jesus speaking through Matthew. Jesus said, The day is coming when you will see what Daniel the prophet spoke about. Sacrilegious. The sacrilegious object that causes desecration, standing in the holy place. Reader, pay attention. That's Jesus speaking. Wow. I know everything in the Bible is important. It says so in 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is God-breathed. Used for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. But here it says, Peter, pay attention. But here in God's Word, it actually says, Peter, pay attention with an exclamation point. So let's see.
seven, seven years, seven, the sense of seven. God isn't patient, long-suffering, and loves you. He gave them 490 years to finish their rebellion, put an end to their sin, to atone for their guilt, and bring in a blessing. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Anointed the most holy place. Listen and understand. Seven sets of sevens plus 62 sets of sevens will pass from the time it is commanded and given to rebuild Jerusalem a new rule, the anointed one. Jerusalem will be rebuilt with streets and strong defenses despite the perilous times. After this period of 62 sets, the anointed one will be killed. There is a scripture appearing to have accomplished nothing. And a ruler will arise whose armies will destroy the city and the temple. The end will come with a flood and a war, and its miseries are decreed from that time. Verse 25 calls out two groups of time. Seven weeks and then 62 weeks. We understand that we cover a period of 49 years and 434 years. Since the command to build and restore Jerusalem came in 444 BC, 49 years. Exiles, a lot of them came back, they rebuilt the walls, they rebuilt the temple. That's what they did. 395 BC, which corresponds to that time of, of the Old Testament books, of the Old Testament books were written, it also corresponds to the end of the ministries of Ezra. The remaining 434 years. But added to the 49 years, figures 483, which take us to the last week in which Jesus died. The end of that 483 Jesus. Gentiles, everything. All we have to do is accept it. Jesus came and died for us. We are now in the age of grace. So this prophecy ends with the 70th week. This is the great tribulation that Jesus described. 
make a treaty with the people for a period of one set of seven. It's coming. So, people talk about peace with Israel and the Middle East peace. chosen Jews who never accepted Jesus Christ. It's every Jew, Gentile, black, white, green, they never accepted Jesus. 
the Savior. He'll go through this time. First three and a half years will be pretty good. Second three and a half. Faith of the ones who have already died before this happened is already seen. Those who have chosen Christ live with him in paradise. Those who have not are destined to return to that kingdom. That's the part we don't want to hear about. That's why we keep judging them. That's the Bible. The Bible says. Great news is those in Christ will not go through the great tribulation. We like to call it pre-trib. Some people argue that, but read your Bible. Pre-trib. If you don't, if you want to argue against pre-trib, well, go ahead. <laughs> Stick around for the tribulation. I'll see you on the way out. One reason we who are in Christ are assured of not going through the tribulation is found in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 9 and 10. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. That's us. What's in Christ? Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. Another one of my favorites, maybe, maybe it's one of your favorites, uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. He's got a couple of places where he says, Believe has been kind of watered down. I like the word know. We have assurance. We know. Can I help you? I'm going to find a place to believe in my life. Those two instances. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. So you will not grieve like since we know that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also know that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. Amen. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We, who are still living, when the Lord returns, will not be ahead of those who have died. But the Lord himself will come down from shout with the voice of an archangel with the trumpet call of God first the believers who have died were raised from their graves then together with them we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air then we will be with the Lord forever so encourage each other with these words encourage each other I'd like to steal a quote from Jan Markell. He 
says the world's not falling apart, it's coming together. It's coming together. Wahoo. Hallelujah. Joseph to mature, even though he went from prison to become the prime minister to save his family, it grew into the new position. His perfect timing for Moses to be rescued in the basket by Pharaoh's daughter, later to lead the Hebrews out of captivity into the promised land. His perfect timing prophesied to Daniel while Daniel was in exile. After the exile, when he was a young boy, the writers tell the story. He was exiled, and him and some others of his healthy young men went into the king's service. They went through many trials. service to the king. God's perfect timing prophesied to Daniel while Daniel was in exile about the 70 weeks of years, knowing 482 years from then the Romans would have an advanced Roman system to facilitate the word of Jesus' death and resurrection to travel throughout Advanced road systems, advanced ways of getting the word out. Yeah, they had to go by horseback and runner. They did it. And they had uh, uh, good, hard paths to go on. They had to work their way. So it was all really set up. So, and they did get through the Roman world. Even now, as we are in the age of grace, God has a perfectly timed people walk fresh here and there. Anywhere in the world in short time. Knowledge is certainly increasing faster than anyone can take advantage of. What a year. It's 2000, Y2K. The computer's 
put on our desks. Because monitors were great big things to put on half the desk. I remember then, I think about then, when I got my new computer, it was a, a whole gigabyte, a hard drive, a gigabyte. Bragging about it, my new computer. My phones, and now I'm holding this thing in my hand that wasn't invented yet. Knowledge is increasing so fast. This is obsolete. This thing here is obsolete. Of course, they're making. For now, I recently heard of a missionary. He talked about a missionary telling of even in many remote places where people don't have TV or computers. They don't own TVs, they don't own computers. But most of them had cell phones in their hands. So it's not hard to imagine the real physical ability for everyone on earth to see the two witnesses in real time as is prophesied in Revelation 11, verses 1 through 12. We won't read that, but we won't read that. How will everyone see these two witnesses? We are approaching the time when everybody in the remotest part of the earth will see this live and in real time. That's approaching so we will miss it. Remember that, then the end will come. We are advancing ourselves to the end. It just, you think, oh, it's not this year, 20 years, 100 years. It's been going on for thousands of years. Generation. I think the age of grace is the generation. Like 
Jesus is coming soon. Yeah, I'm sure the scholars say that's been said for centuries. Scholars also have said that before his first coming. What were the excuses? This, that, the other thing. Oh, there's lots of gods. I believe in this, I believe in that. There's always, always you lead to heaven. Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his world. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That's the way it will be when the Son of Man returns. Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour in the mill. One will be taken, the other left. So you too must keep watch. For you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when the burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You all also must be ready. least expected. Verse 45 goes on, a faithful, sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them and taking care of the house. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, then he will be I tell you the truth, the master will put that servant charge of all the owners. But what if the servant is evil and thinks my master won't be back for a while? He begins beating the other servants, partying, and getting drunk. The master will return unannounced and unexpectedly. He will cut the servant to pieces and sign him a place in the new place. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. As the chills of The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. 
they not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior? Take them. Accept his own free offer. Pastor always says he didn't want to embarrass anybody sitting in their seats. You should do that if you want. If you want to come up here for prayer, you are more than welcome. You are more than welcome to make your way. Thank you. I'm not trying to scare you with your arms or your love. Jesus himself asks in Revelation each one of you. He's not only talking to his people, he's talking to whole churches. He's talking to us. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together. Any of you hasn't asked Christ to be here today, there may not be a tomorrow. For those of you that have, there may not be a tomorrow. So your loved ones, your friends, in a loving, loving, loving way, never stop. and talk to and come in contact with and see you through us that we would 